plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> plus minus. Hey, driving again. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. Do you hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome to a double overtime edition of the Warriors Plus Minus podcast. Tim Kawakami, Marcus Thompson, the day after say the most I guess drama filled Warriors game in the season probably like a lot of twists and turns obviously Warriors up 21 in the first half blow it big in the second half I, mean, I they were down you know what were they down like eight in the last final eight, I think yeah. I think eight in the last four minutes or something like yeah. five minutes maybe and you know plenty of times where it felt very unlikely they were going to come back and win but uh you know they get the Dante DiVincenzo three at the buzzer, kind of like a scramble tip drill type Robert Ory tip out three from a defender, which by the end of the game felt like the like fifth most consequential play of the game because it goes double OT and a Warriors team. I didn't team, even have, you say that, yeah. I didn't even have DiVincenzo's name in my column. Yeah, way. right. He hit the biggest, probably the biggest shot of the game, you'd still say. And the Warriors did what they never do. They won in overtime. I, I knew the stat going in. They were 1-13 in, in their last 14 overtimes. So I was ready to make it 1-14, in 14, but they won in double OT. So I think each time they've won a game during this five-game win streak, particularly the last three, you've been like, well, you know, wow, that's really big for them to shovel that one in. And they just keep doing it. And they're 20-18 now, tied with the Suns. That's amazing. That's amazing. This is what being a good home team is, right? It's... Getting that, like, you, you make one shot when you're down three with four minutes to go. The crowd gets into it, especially if it's Clay, and I'm sure we'll be talking about Clay. The defense gets energized. The offense, you know, the opponent gets a little scattered. Maybe the whistle doesn't blow for them when there's a sweep, you know, steal, and you go back the other way, and you get another bucket, and it just builds and it builds. And this is what they've been. They've been a momentum home team. And each one of these wins at home, like there hadn't been a blowout that I can recall. These five wins to start the eight-game homestand. The they Grizzlies just get game. To that fourth quarter. That was the yeah, blowout. That's, yeah, that was it. The only one against the best team. It's just this momentum, feel, rhythm, and that's without Steph Curry, who was the ultimate, you know, momentum player of all time. They just feed off of this. We'll, you know, we keep saying it. We'll see what them do it on the road. But you do have to do it at home if you're going to stink on the road. And they've just been a powerful team at home. They just ride this flow. And right now they're riding clay. They're getting shots from other people. We can talk about tip in by Kevon Looney to win the game, which, again, which I did not write about. But the 54 from clay was something special. I think everybody felt it. And, again, it's just this chase center thing is a real. You know, it, They're going to need to play like this all season at chase and into the playoffs because they're – shakier than they've ever been on the road but this stuff is special you know we're watching some special stuff at chase you hearing this marcus tim kawakami believes in the magic of a building chase chase magic you giving credit to chase on this well they're playing the, hey to what, chase 17, seven, 17 and 2 at home and 3 and 16 when they're not at chase to center. the That's stale corporate chase center he's giving the credit what do you think marcus uh i, I wrote about looney and it was just wild to see Kevon Looney in that moment, right? And what he's become and who he's become to the team. It's really shocking to go back a little bit to what TK was saying. When does Clay score 54 and they need it? Like, the Oklahoma City game is the only one I could think of where you needed every bucket. But normally, they're, it's a route, right? In the third quarter. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. You don't play in the fourth quarter. Yeah, play. It's a route, which you know explains the new paradigm of the Warriors, but I agree. Like Clay was incredible, especially what he's been through. But to me, this was a, this was Loon Dog, man. This was Looney coming through in the clutch, and mostly because they had to play like Looney. It wasn't pretty. The shots shot stopped falling. Jordan Poole was terrible, right? All of the kind of fancy ways they win basketball games. No Steph, no Wiggins, no Kaminga. No Wiggins. Yeah, it just wasn't there. They had to grind it. They had, it had to be gutsy. It had to be getting stops after getting cooked. I mean, cooked, cooked for the third quarter. Atlanta made everything. And, of course, to me, it was just fitting that Looney 
capped it off. Like it was an offensive rebound, right? It was two of them. Two of them, them, right? It was uh, it was the big against the small, right? It was the Warriors being big against the Hawks playing small. To me, if they're gonna they're gonna actually do this and get back to who they were, it's that. So. It was just it was just weird to see Looney in that situation. Like, what is Looney ever in that situation? Like, first in his career, but where he's like the guy they're jumping over and, and celebrating and going crazy for, and they went crazy. So, but he he's earned it, man. To me, nobody nobody deserves that more than Looney. Like everybody else gets the money, they gets the, they get the fame, they get the praise. Looney usually gets the shorthand of the stick, but in this game, he didn't. This was the, uh, what do they say, Milwaukee loon when he does a move? I mean, he told me uh, that he hit a three-fourths court game-tying buzzer beater in high school. And I am sure got mobbed. I mean, you still had to play in overtime. You didn't do it at UCLA? No, no UCLA buzzer beaters? That would be, I guess not. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He only played one year there. And, I mean, he was kind of transitioning towards the current loony at UCLA, I feel like, a little bit. Yeah, he was like a three, four, right in UCLA, something like that. Because didn't he go to UCLA? Like he's gonna be this great, like big wing. Yeah, he was a wing. Did not happen. They was yeah, calling him KD, happen. the next KD. One of the things he saved was that buzzer beater. Is like five more minutes on Draymond Green, five more minutes on Clay Thompson. They were heading towards fifty in a situation where they are the remaining healthy bodies as as bodies continue to injured bodies continue to pile up. So. That part, you get the win, but you also just end the game. That was about to go to triple overtime. <laughs> to me, the fitting part of that scene was like Steph and Andre are going crazy, right? They're jumping on him. Draymond, you don't see Draymond over there. Draymond's just got two arms in the air. He, he, he's too tired to celebrate. <laughs> Jimmy Butler style. Yeah, he was, he was tired. Just like, he was like, yeah, I'm done. Draymond said so afterwards. I mean, yeah, he played, four, what, he, he played 48 minutes. 45, so, yeah. I, 45 minutes. I don't want to be the mean one here, but uh, Looney was minus twenty on the night. That it just was a weird. No, it game. was a rough yeah, game yeah. for him. Like the the athleticism of those bigs, like he just wasn't. He couldn't stop the lob, and they didn't even have Capella. I think he probably likes Capella better. Yeah, well, he, they were they were screening him, so he had to get out on on the you know Murray or Trey Young or whatever, and he just couldn't. They got caught in between a bunch of times, and he doesn't have the uh, lift to contest for. that. That lob yeah. when they just when Trey so Kerr was up. was going him or Lamb him or Lamb right and you know you have you pick your poison there you pick your strengths there but I don't want to rip Looney Lo- Looney made those plays no you can't he, you he can't made, rip yeah, twenty Looney. Tw- nah, twenty, 20 rebounds. rebounds come 20 on twenty rebounds it was twenty one and they changed it to twenty I don't know exactly what happened there but I told him afterwards that God you missed that first one because that got you to twenty <laughs> so uh, that key was so important for them he is so important for them it was just interesting that he's a minus twenty in a game that his Tip-in wins at the end, and and we all thought he played pretty well, and he gets 20 rebounds. Bizarre game, I think a very mem- maybe the most memorable game of the season. There's been a lot of memorable ones, but just for the quirks, not the greatest game, but just yeah, so many quirks like Slater's talking about, so many different little things. No Steph, no Wiggins, no, you know, no Kaminga. A lot of these. No Wiseman. No Wiseman. They're all around though. They're all um, Wiggins wasn't around. He's sick, but they're all around. You know, in the locker room. But we got to talk about Clay 54. I just thought, and I, I noted at the time, I think his shot's cleaner. I think his legs are under him. He's been shooting better kind of form-wise for a while, but the shoot, the percentage doesn't really take that in effect. He's like 40% for you know in December, so the ball just wasn't going in. I just thought it looked better. I think he's just simpler, cleaner, whatever. Kerr talked about emotionally where he's not pressing so much. He says you can always tell when he gets that assist, you know, early on, he's looking to distribute and the ball's going to come back to him. What do you guys think? Is there a difference in Clay now than, you know, two months ago? He's in better shape, number one, but I would say number two, like this is like, look at the stretch going right now. He sits the last game of the road trip and they get like three days off. So he plays December 20th, does not play again until December 25th. They're at home. Day off, plays December 27th, sits the second night of a back-to-back, doesn't play till December 30th, you know, doesn't play till Dece- uh, January 2nd. There's there's typically two to three days off between his games right now, and he's sitting at home. And I just from the people I've talked to, it's just like he's just sore. He's a lot more sore after games. And if the games start to pile up, if they do those five road games in, in five cities in nine days, and even if he plays four of them, the grind can get to the older bodies and this is just a schedule more set up for him to look fresh and i just think he's looked 
fresher, number one. And two, I would say this is the good thing for the Warriors, just how the playoffs are, right? You know, it's game, day off, sometimes two days off game. And the conference finals gets a little more hectic, but you're right. I mean, you're not going back-to-backs, and and he did fine with them last season. So, I mean, shouldn't be thrown too much, but... I wonder how he's going to feel after playing 46 minutes and getting 39 shots up. But again, they've got some time off. they got today off, and we'll see. But it's a great point. Yeah, I mean, this is happening for it a very good schedule moment for him. But at least it's happening. Like, you could be having this schedule moment and not be doing this. You know, it's, it's, you, you have to do it when you can, and he sure did it last night. I think a big part of it is shot selection. Like, he's just taking better shots. I think he had six or seven baskets in the paint. Right, he's attacking. If that big is coming out of him, he's going by. And when he was at his worst, he was just hunting threes. He was hunting four straight threes. He was trying to get it. And maybe that points to what Kerr is saying, the emotional part. Clay in the flow of the offense, much better Clay. Clay, like I'm about to show you I'm Clay, not that good. And although he was doing that last night. He did, he did, he did. Necessity, yeah. But even then it was kinda in offense. Like they're running sets to get him looks. It wasn't so much him coming down. I mean, I mean, he took 39 shots. Like, normally, if, if Clay's taking 39 shots, you think thinking 25 of them things, 30 of them going to be threes. But it's, it's about half and half. He, he took some mid-range. Like, you know, he, he got some assists. To me, if he's under control, taking smart shots, he's probably going to make them. Probably going to be a better shooter. If he's not, it's all shot selection. I do think it helps that Murray had to guard Jordan Poole, <laughs> and they, they couldn't put their best defender on him. By the way, they so switched late. I mean, they, it was they ended Murray up switching on late, yeah, late. But that's when they started running off the screens. But you know, or or getting the big onto him, like putting him in a situation like Steph, where you're getting the big switched onto him. But he got hot because he like Murray couldn't be on him. And as Steph knows, Clay makes his first shot. It changes everything. Get him his first shot, it changes everything. But he was great. You don't get to see him in his role very often where he's like, get on my back, team. I got you. Even, like, when he dropped 60, it didn't feel like that. Like, they were blowing teams out. But this game, like, that three from the top when they were down two, that was Steph Curry level right there. That was like, you, you don't you don't see him like, hey, like, you what would you say, 10 dribbles, CK? 10 dribbles. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I've never I'm, seen, ever seen I'm about that, to make, what, what, I got you? Get on my back, team. Bucket from the side. You know what it was a minor version of? The game he injured his knee. Remember the game six in Oracle when he suddenly was like, whoa, he's like dribble driving. And like, remember he had 30 late third. And obviously he flies in for the, you know, Space Jam style dunk on Danny Green. And his career forever changes. But this was who Clay was thought he was becoming, right? I think it's part of what tortured him so much during the rehab process was like that that was his final game. He was kind of showing off a, a little bit more than the catch-and-shoot ability. That was like kind of two quick dribbles in, pull up, and knock it down. And I think that's where this has kind of started. Like, he's getting that that mid-range. Like, he's a big dude. Like, he's not a little guy getting into 15-footers. He's just kind of meandering into the lane, at maybe a little outside the lane, and just pulling up for that quick J, and he's hitting those mid-range. And, you know, those aren't... The, the featured shots in the NBA these days, right? It is not you're not supposed to take those, but if you make them, they are for the best them, scores. I, yeah, they are. They they the are if scores. you're making them at sixty percent, I mean, I'm just throwing the number out there. I haven't looked, but it feels like it, it might be sixty percent or more, and it just keeps the thing going. It keeps the flow going. He sees the ball go in, and then that next three is just a little more shot, a little more with confidence. And he's again, I, I'll keep going back. He's squaring up his body. The, the shot is just more concise. And I was, you know, you never love asking shooters about their form. So I didn't know what Clay was going to say when I asked him about it last night. But I did say it looks tighter. It looks cleaner. And he said, yeah, I think, you know, Ron Adams and I talked about that. I might have been drifting. It's part to do with conditioning. It's not having the legs. But I've noticed it like a little slingshot sometimes. And it's just weird because that's not Clay. Uh, you can, you know, a couple years off, you're adjusting. You don't play summer pickup. Some, you know, you can pick up weird little habits. Your body's not completely under you. But, man, I thought he went straight up. And when he goes straight up, the ball always looks good. And even when it doesn't go in, it looks pretty good. He had a couple that didn't go in. But I think the Warriors will take that shot uh, over him hunting, as Marcus talked about, and over him, you know, just not having his legs completely set. doesn't have to be totally set, but 
where his body's in front of him. He's not moving one side or the other. They're not going to need this very much when Steph's back, but it's good for them to know. It's like, it's still there. It, there's there's that game there. Maybe in game six in some playoff series, that Clay can pull something like this out of his back pocket. That, you know that's important to him, right? Knowing, yo, I, I could still, this is what he's been saying. This is what he told Devin Booker. <laughs> you know who I am, right? Like, I, I can do this well. Now he's got one of those games. I think that's going to be huge for them. And they probably won't need him to do it as much. You know, when you got Wiggins and you got, you know, Jordan Poole, who at some point probably won't turn the ball over every time he dribbles. <laughs> oh, this the chase center murmuring when he was dribbling through traffic last night. Oh, my God. It was, it was rough. I was, at the, I was at the Mandalay uh, sports book uh, watching the game, and Jordan Poole got the ball. Everybody's going, no! <laughs> the entire it was like Pax later at the Bet MGM. Did the majority of the book have what Warriors? Uh, they, plus it felt like they did. It felt like they did. It felt like they did. Uh, it was. It was. I was surprised at how many people were there, but it was packed. Forty Niners fans probably hanging. For, yeah, a lot of Forty Niners fans like leaving the next day. Degenerates exist at all times in Las Vegas. You should never be surprised if a sports book in Las Vegas is packed. Let me yeah, you, right? you can go there for today, the Warriors, you know, right? At that in two Warriors. months to watch Royals Diamondbacks <laughs> and that sports book is gonna be like Zach Grinky, no. People are too hard on JP, man. His shot was not there and he put up thirty one of them and at some point I respect that because they needed him and he wasn't there for him. Six more turnovers, but I was sometimes just taking those shots when your team needs you to take them. It shows something, shows gumption. Because who else was going to take them? Anthony Lamb, like who was going to take those shots? Clay Anthony Lamb was going to take them. Anthony Lamb yeah, was going to yeah, take them. I'll, I'll still take Jordan Poole. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, the big thing with Poole is they're six and three since Steph was injured, and. I mean, look at the wins. He scored 43 in Toronto. Remember that game? 14 and 23. I mean, awesome in that game. 32 on Christmas. That's his best Four- road game. That was his best. Toronto's best road game for Jordan Poole. 41 East. against Portland on 14 and 23 shooting. That was last game. I, the turnovers are they're there. Six, seven, six the last three games. He's learning how to be a lead dog on a team that he's trying to drag the wins. And, you know, there are failures within there. I think there yeah, are. Yeah, that's part of it, right? I think there are permanent flaws where if you put him on the Magic, even when he's like 28 years old, but he's probably going to be a high turnover guy because that's just, you know, he dances with the ball and he tries to be overly creative at times. But they are 6-3 and three without Steph Curry. I would say he's reason one or two, you know, for if we look at this entire stretch. I would say him and Draymond Green would, I would have as the top two reasons they have survived what I think is the most important moment of their season. And yeah, I mean, there is ugliness within there, but you know what's really ugly during the stretch when he's off the floor, and it's like, who's creating right now? Who is Ty Jerome? Ty Jerome. They have nobody. They have nobody. It's and you know, uh, it's supposed to look like this. A young player trying to trying to figure this out. Supposed to look like this. I think he uh, he banks a lot on trying to get the foul call, and I think he's gonna learn. Like he's not getting the foul, man. It's not happening. Well, one of the things that I know they've been on him about is like just stop going after the ref about everything too. You know, you kind of get lost in this back and forth. He like stares down refs after every call, and like it's almost like you know, kind of like pouting about him. And uh, you know, I think he's up to like eight technicals. He's like fifth in the league in tees. You know, he's right up there with like Luca and stuff. That speaks to a little bit of what you're talking about. Yeah, and you know what? And then they go back and they watch the video of it, and if, the, if they have the right call, that's not good for him, you know, in, in the kind of credibility level with officials. You're looking for excuses. Some of it, he, you know, sometimes he does get fouled and doesn't get called. That happens with everybody. The, Bogdan, the, but, the, the Bogdanovich one, he was fouled. Like, that yeah, was fouled. Yeah, there's like, but there, he also no probably question. fouled Trey Young on yes. the other one. Yeah, so. yes, that reaching he had, I thought yeah. Steve Kerr was going to flip the scores table. Oh, he man. reaches in on a, a foul-baiting moment. Yeah. Trey Young did yep. to give them double overtime, basically. Yes. Well, it was like, I can't guard him, so I'm just going to foul him. And, and, and that's some of the Jordan pull up and down. But I, I, I'm going to go back to it. I agree. Like, he's accepted the responsibility. He's not always succeeding with it, but some guys would just not shoot anymore, right? They're just like, ah, like you, you, go, you, go, you go take and it. And he hit a huge one it. from the left yes. corner, which yes. never happens. He's, he's been awful. Marcus was marking corner. it down on his chart chart. Corner, corner three. He's been awful. He's been the worst on the team from the corner. 
And he was what, 0 for 8 or something crazy when he hit that three? Like 1 for 7. Yeah, it was like, it was, you know, the fact that he would take that is why you like Jordan Poole. But By the way, and then like celebrate after he's like going to half court, like, give me the love. (laughs) Yeah, that's JP. The bigger thing is he commands the defense's attention. Not in the way Steph does, but that is incredibly important for the rest of the Warriors. So even when it doesn't look good, the other team knows if we don't throw our best at him, he might go for 40. So even when it doesn't look good, it helps tremendously. They ran a play. The play they ran, he was supposed to kick it. They ran a one-two pick and roll where he's supposed to kick it to Clay who slips the screen. On The reason that's open, you could run that, is because you think, hey, the help might lean towards Jordan Boo. If, if that's a non-shooter there, they just obviously cover Clay. The fact that he is on the court and you know he is looking to cook you, it helps them tremendously, which is why when he's off the court, they become like Virginia. It's like 58 passes on the perimeter (laughs) and then the shot clock is down and somebody's got to do something. Well, let's look at the big picture. Like, what does this mean for the rotation once Steph and Wiggins are back? I mean, you know, other people can get hurt, whatever, but I think this is building towards this a really, really good second unit. Like, they made the move to put Draymond in there. You guys know I've been talking about this for a while. I may continue to talk about it, may write about it. But you can just see when Poole is feeling good and Draymond's leading that second unit, and you might have Wiggins in there, you might have Clay. Kerr kind of rotates that. Got Kaminga in there, you know, and might have Tydrell, might have Moody. You know, there's different alternating pieces there. But, like, you can see that not getting blown off the court anymore. Again, and that was... Obviously, their issue starting the season, maybe the most serious issue they had other than the road crappiness, but they were especially crappy on the road with that second unit. Like You can just see them building this, and this time is, is giving them, like Kaminga started, you know, he didn't play last night, but Kaminga starting to find his moments. Ty Jerome has filled a big gap. Dante has been tremendous. We can talk about him in a lot of ways. He's not making that too many shots, but then he makes the, the biggest ones. And he plays D, and he's tough. Like, you just can see this extending. Yeah, yeah DiVincenzo would be in that second unit, too. You, you can just see the pieces starting to come together for down the road. They got to win games, obviously. But you can also see kind of how this puzzle is going to be fit together at the end of the season. At least I think that's how the coaches are thinking. Yeah, look, they have their established top six that we know. Best starting the unit in the league, for statistically, Jordan Poole, who's, you know, I believe... I did a Mark Medina NBA.com survey, and I believe that's going to come out and have Jordan Poole as right now the leader in the clubhouse for sixth man of the year. Then you have DiVincenzo establishes himself as the seventh man. Kaminga is the eighth man. I mean, you feel pretty good about that top eight right now. And then keep looking at the options at nine. Like, you know, say what you want about two way guy Anthony Lamb. <laughs> Kurt trusts him, and like, you know, he hits threes, and he's typically in lineups that are, that are in the positive. And he's going to have to sit out so, at some point because he's going to run yeah. out of games. Or they're going to have to sign him. I mean, I'm not sure what they're going to do there. And so, so you know, I'm talking nine there. We can. I think Ty Jerome's more of like a, if somebody's out. I don't think he's an actual like you know playoff rotation type guy. So I'm sitting there at nine with Lamb. You're looking at James Wiseman giving sprinkles you, of you minutes just, lately. You're just that not like, going to skip over TK's guy right now. Jamichael? Jamichael no, Green? No, no, no. PBJ at, number, at PBJ, nine. Yeah, PBJ yeah, at nine. Yeah. Talk yeah. about sprinkles of intrigue but um you know what is he 10 of 18 from three in the last uh, three times he's played um there's something there i mean i saw i heard them in the locker room last night talking about like that george gervin scoop shot he had when he attacked the closeout and if he can attack a closeout like that he is an intriguing offensive player because they have to close out on him but the point is like you know what looked dire a couple of weeks ago a couple you know a month ago now looks like a a steadying rotation that's going deeper and even some of the young options that look you know disastrous at times early in the season are showing promise i mean we haven't talked about moody i mean he still kind of is is sitting on the fringe but i mean we did see him in the west finals last year so uh and andre would all scrimmage with some g-leaguers the other <laughs> yesterday or whatever it was and and sounds like he might be getting closer so it feels different than it did a month ago for sure before I thought they needed to make a trade, and they still might to add like a Caruso or whoever, like just Pirtle, and and I think that's the one that Wiseman, Jamal Green spot that you have to get. Like those are minutes you need, whether it's eight to twelve, you need them. They can't do, they can't not have an, another center 
because you can't have Draymond and Looney just play all. Maybe in the playoffs, but certainly not for the bulk. PBJ of the wasn't games. giving you Otto Porter Jr. vibes. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. Hey, hey maybe. But, there he like, is. There it is. There's at the this option. point. At this point, I don't think they have to make a trade. I still think it would be better if they did, but just for that role, that that like if you believe in Wiseman, then and I'm not sure they do for, for those minutes. Okay, but maybe you don't, and a Pirtle would be really, really nice for them. Another wing would be really, really nice. They are not absolutely banking on Moses Moody or Andre Iguodala to play like you know, major playoff minutes because they're going at some point they're going to need somebody like that. Uh, or there's injuries, but man, I, I, hey, I'll throw a, a weird one at you. Okay, who's more likely to contribute in the playoffs at this moment in your minds, Moses Moody or Patrick Baldwin Jr.? I think Moody. Yeah, I mean, just for the defense. Although, man, that defense has not been that great. No, yeah, I'd you say know, just like the three and D capability. I the think. threes have not been hitting lately. <laughs> I agree with you. I think it's a little closer than anyone might have thought. At this moment, though, just because he's I think he might be a little gas, a little gas by some home games. Yeah, no uh, question, no question. I've, but we've seen Moody do it in the playoffs, though. Yeah, I, he was I in their rotation. I think will yep. trust that more. And it's the wing. It's the wing defense that you know at some point you're going to need. He's 37 percent from three this season and in his career so far. When's the last good game Moses Moody's had? He had a few on the uh, on the road trip. Uh, I remember in the game Steph got hurt. He was really good. He wasn't in the rotation, and then they put him in because Jerome hadn't played well. I thought he had a pretty decent road trip, and then he's kind of not had a great homestand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, he's somebody Kirk can always plug in. It's just something's happened this season where he's getting in the lane, jumping and getting you know the ball swatted away, and I don't see Wasn't that. Wasn't he good against Memphis? I thought he was pretty good in the Memphis game. Yeah, four, seven, ten points. He it, seventeen minutes. Remember, it was him, Wiseman, and Kaminga in the same That's right. That held on. No, listen, I, I don't want to bang him, but Baldwin does interesting stuff. And if he can hang in there, and I have not seen him get cooked on defense. He's not great on defense, but I haven't seen him get cooked. And six ten, shoot the ball like that, like open the floor. I, I don't know exactly how you what combinations you put with him. I'm not saying for sure you play in the playoffs. I'm just saying. He's an option. Like, he's established himself as an option. Let's see it on the road. Great point. But he's made some shots on the road in garbage time. You know, he's beginning to get non-garbage time minutes. He, he got him last night to start the fourth quarter. Hey, he was on fire in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But there's some interesting stuff. Ryan Rollins I would not put into that equation. Patrick Baldwin, take a look. Take a look at it, you know, as, as somebody who could just do, go, go make the defense guard you and maybe hit two threes. And, and maybe grab you know Steve Kerr. He's got a rebound if he's gonna play yeah, for Steve Kerr. D too. Like he's, if, yeah. But if he rebound it, it'll make up for a lot. Steve will justify putting him in there, but he he doesn't rebound. But yeah, I mean to be the ability to shoot like that or the way it just looks, it looks good. It looks like a good shot. Slater, I don't know how that Milwaukee film managed to ever exist. What was that we were watching on draft night? <laughs> I think what we've learned is how truly jacked up his ankle was. It would be somewhat of the warning I'd give on like the you know why I don't think he's going to be a steady contributor as a rookie because I still think they're just doing so much physically for him, trying to like you know get his body readier in the future for the eighty-two game grind. He was slow in, at Milwaukee and like, you know, he was trying to do a lot of off the dribble, like, hey, I'm the star of the team, right? You know, we're talking about a former top recruit, dad was the coach, like probably the best, I would say definitely the best recruit UW Milwaukee ever had. So, you know, some of the air balls and like really bad shots, Marcus, that we were seeing in that film was like trying to take Florida's best defender off the dribble when, you know, you can't move laterally because your ankle's in such a bad place. And they spent the summer like, really working on that ankle and getting it back to where it is right now and he's moving a little bit better and he's just taking a good diet of shots right it's just catch and shoot and he looks like michael porter jr basically from three from a forum perspective we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors discover the latest collections from david yerman as seen recently styled on basketball stars like jaime jaquez jalen green d'angelo russell and others David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City. 
with David, a sculptor, and his wife Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful design objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Speaking of threes, can I, can I just go over my corner? Because, you know, I think, I think people are starting to jump onto this, uh, this obsession of mine. I heard Officer Gerald talking about it on the air. Oh, no. Is, is this going to be you your doing? segment then? Marcus's yeah. Corner. Marcus's Corner. I'm just saying, after I've been talking about this, the worst left corner three-point shooting team in the league went six for ten from the corner last night, from the left corner last night. You don't ever tell me that they don't read us. <laughs> They're following our tweets. Six for 10, they've jumped to 29th in the league now. A whopping, a whopping 30% now. They've, they've passed the Lakers. They read the critical stuff. That's what they do. They always note the critical stuff. If you if you ding them on something, then that always finds their way. Yeah, it's that's still that, a weird phenomenon. It's just it's just it's so a, weird. But uh, here's your point. What's your point is that they they should stop shooting them, or that they just got to get better at it. Well, they should probably shoot from the right side. Is the point because that's where they're solid. But it's also that it's one of those anomalies that perhaps if it progresses to the mean, it, it'll be a boon for them. Right? It, they'll be they'll be fine right part if they just make corner if the answer to their season is making more corner threes that is a very tangible answer right it's not like go get another player (laughs) and maybe that maybe going to get another player kind of helps you with that but or like maybe something they should look at like why are they taking more left corner threes than right if they're better dramatically from the right like you know maybe schematically you don't you know, some of it is Clay ends up over there a lot. Somehow he ends up on the left corner three. Seems to me, again, I'm not looking at the numbers. And I think he made a couple last night. Uh, it just seems like that's where Clay ends up. They do some other stuff on the right side, and Clay ends up. Over He's about on the left even, side. 28 on the left, 28 on the right. But it is the most, right? He takes the most from the left. Jordan Poole is now four for 18. He hit, he hit uh, a big one. So, yeah, I mean, perhaps it's correct that he's 0 for 14 from the right corner. Like, Jordan Poole is 4 for 32 from corners. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> that's rookie. That's freshman year Jordan Poole, right? That's, that's 2019 Marcus Jordan Poole. Marcus is corner. Marcus <laughs> is corner. I'm going to jump back to one topic. Uh, you got me thinking about you got a rebound. That's a great point with Kerr. I was thinking, God, what, there was a guy who only played because he could rebound. Like, there was, who was that guy? Alfonso McKinney. Alfonso yeah, McKinney. Yeah. Like, that was the only thing he did, and he got playoff minutes. Most of them, they weren't real deep back then. That was the Durant years, and they didn't really need to. But, like, literally. Bro, he played in the finals, all, didn't he? He oh, had a monster offensive rebound in Portland to in the game, in the in this. The conference ceiling game four win to you know complete that sweep in Portland. I remember he flew in for a big offensive rebound. He could that. offensive rebound. He could almost do nothing else. And Kerr played him just for that. So when you said that, MT was like, on, and I started looking it up. I go, there was a guy I know who got playoff minutes who was not as skilled as Patrick Baldwin or a lot of other people were talking about. It was his Moody, he, but. Kurt played him because he just could rebound. Now, different makeup of a roster back then. You could afford that when you have Kevin Durant and Steph. Yeah, they were just like, they were just like trying to fill in a hole, right? Exactly. Just go do that. That's it. Six minutes. That's great. Uh, This is not that team. Remember he went to Chicago and had like the greatest game of his life at his hometown. His mom was there. Yeah, I remember that. He was a great story. He was an elite story for like that era of Warriors. He played in like Luxembourg and stuff. Like, oh, that's right. After remember that was he came the year like McCall just disappeared. He wouldn't have like, been on the roster, back. but yeah. but Patrick McCall yeah, went like McCall. Jay Crowder like holdout style, <laughs> forced his way to the Cavaliers, like signed an offer sheet with like a poison pill. Uh, <laughs> TK is hilarious. I'm, I'm, out of the league, Patrick McCall out of the league. I'm picturing TK. I'm picturing uh, Chris DeMarco showing. Patrick Baldwin, Alfonso McKinney film. Yeah. <laughs> this is how you do it. Right you want to get in? You want to get in the game? Right. <laughs> you go rebound. You go rebound. Uh, it it just 
all these little quirks of this this dynasty is it's very very interesting somebody we should talk about is uh draymond green who i mean this fourth quarter like can he do this all season (laughs) maybe you know i think he's carrying obviously a heavier burden right now and like i feel like he feels the weight of getting wins right now so um i don't expect you know him to do this for 50 straight games but i think he's making somewhat of a defensive player of the year claim right now you know like put me in the conversation type thing and he's succeeded in stabilizing them you know let's say they go one and four during the stretch which seemed very possible considering who was available to them what are they right now they you know they are 16 and 22 you know they're below the Timberwolves if that happens instead they go five and oh they shoot up the standings and everything just feels okay and you know Steph's rehab doesn't feel so like uh oh when is he back why is Wiggins you know what's up with Wiggins it's a lot of that is just like I think Draymond deciding like I'm Spending a lot of my tank. You know, like in video games, you're playing like Mario Kart or something. It's like, when do you hit the turbo button? You get it once during a race. It just feels like, hey, he's like hit the turbo button for this part of the regular season. TK, you know what? We were talking about this. You, you've pointed this out before, what he wasn't doing. Guess what Draymond is doing this road trip? He's rebounding. 13, 10, 9, 11, and 13 in the five games. I don't think he had... When was his last double-digit rebound game before that? I don't think he had one this season before this homestand. I noticed a double-double. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, he had double five points, but a pretty important three. He did not. That is a crazy stat. Good find. I remember seeing earlier, like, he, he hasn't had 10. Because TK said it. He's not rebounding. I looked up, like, yo, he hadn't had it. And now he's got – he's getting them regularly. Late in games, he's grabbing – he's a vacuum for every – those, you know, typical Draymond in traffic rebounds, like I'm getting the ball and we're going and there's nothing you can do about it. It gets like, uh, uh, it wasn't Capella. What's the other big man who was putting everything to the board? Like blocking. Okongwu. Okongwu, yeah, yeah. Uh, you was doing it against him? Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Be, yeah, it'd be a 50-50 rebound and Draymond just pulls it down. I mean, we've seen that a lot uh, over his career. I just think he was talking afterwards when Slater and I were there, and he just he kind of likes the way they're like the grittiness. Like he just kept that's our mo now, that's our identity. Um, maybe it won't continue to be when you get Wiggins and Steph back, but I think it would be good for them if that's what they feel like. Like let's just pull stuff out, let's just knock the ball around, let's just scrap. And Draymond, like who's a better scrapper in the NBA than Draymond Green? Who's a better guy? Like let's you know let's muddy it up. Let's like bump you around. You try to bump us around, and we'll figure out a way. Easier to do at Chase Center. Again, we have not seen them do it very much on the road. Maybe this carries through, but I think Draymond like this. He's he likes being that central focus. We know that, right? Like Draymond, you go do it. And, and he said it even blowing the lead. That's my fault. That's on me. I got to rally the guys coming out of halftime so we don't have that kind of energy. He wants that. He wants that responsibility. And he has proven over the years that he succeeds when he has that responsibility. And the team succeeds when he has that responsibility. And this is kind of fitting him. Again, might change when the, the other guys start coming back. But when, when contract negotiations gritty, come up, con- he can point oh, to yeah, this absolutely, stretch. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's... Like, there's so much going on here with their relationship with Draymond, with what happened in the preseason, with where he is contractually, where he might, what his future might be after this season. Interestingly, Clay brought it up. I, I I would not expect like Clay just said, "Yeah, I've been thinking about it. And my contract is, you know, ends next season after next season, and I'm just thinking about it." I and better like, cherish every game. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I was like, "Yo, Clay." I, I did not expect that from Clay. I was like, and I asked him like, "Where is that coming from? Is it like you're thinking about the end of your career, or thinking the end of your work career?" He said, "That's just the certainty." And he knows the contract is through next season. And we've a million times people said trade clay whatever like they're not trading clay that's not happening i think marcus and i had a discussion about this on the phone together like that's not happening he's playing through the with on the warriors to the end of next season that might be it it really might be it for this whole thing it might be it just for clay i don't know but these things are dawning on draymond dawning on clay dawning on i mean certainly should be dawning on iguodala he's already been off the warriors come back like, this stuff is just out there this season. It's just part of what this season is. They might turn it into a championship season like they did last season, but it is, like, just kind of out there in the field and then not playing so good and then struggling back and then 
guys, you know, getting hurt or guys coming back from injury. This is just kind of out there. And Clay bringing it up, like, really solidified that in my head. Like, they are thinking about this a lot. Mark, is there anything else from this five-game winning streak? I mean, have you guys seen the standings? I can't believe they're tied with the Suns. It's just unbelievable. Well, I mean, the, sun, are the Suns are eight? four and six in their last ten. They're struggling. By the way, the Suns cap this um, home stand. The Suns will be here next week. Damian Lee getting his ring. Gary Payton debuted for the Blazers last night. The Blazers, who are only no, they're tied with the Warriors. You know, it's different win percentage. They're nineteen and seventeen. Warriors are twenty and eighteen. But you look up the standings, and you don't have to look too far up. They are two games back in the loss column of the Mavericks and Kings, who are four or five. I mean, they could be in the home court positioning. By the time this home set ends. Yeah. <laughs> it's they crazy. probably won't be because Dallas is never Yeah, and I mean, apparently. you know, I don't expect them. Cause, you know, I expect a lot of adversity still ahead for them. I don't expect them to jump up in the Nuggets, Grizzlies, Pelicans range. But they're really not that far off. I mean, nobody's running away. The Nuggets are only four and a half ahead of them. They're 24 and 13. 24 and 13 is not that good of a record. Nobody in the West is like separating themselves and it's created a situation where it's just like it just doesn't feel frantic for them anymore like even at 20 and 18 you're like yeah everything seems to be settling just i mean they need to solve some stuff still within themselves but it's not like uh oh like yeah they needed these wins to get to that point but they got like they they started stacking some wins and they might stack some more i think i'm the one who said eight no was possible on this homestead right i said that and you guys shouted me down I do not regret my opinion that it was outrageous <laughs> to think that that was possible, even though it's I think it's possible. It just this Chase Center, man. That Chase Center magic. Marcus will subscribe to that. Chase a Center five-game win streak was all they needed to get right back in the mix. By the way, TK, Gary Payton II returned to action for his first game. Guess what the first shot he made? A three. A three. Corner. A three. Yeah. A corner three. <laughs> Your guy shooting the threes. A Good for him. Good three. for him. I've been waiting for him to come back. It's been a long time. I'm sure he's happy to be back. It was good. I wasn't at the game, but it was good to see him get the ring from Draymond. Obviously, a lot of love there. He is such a classic Warriors player. He is. That's like it almost feels wrong to see him playing for somebody else, just because he is such. He fits this team, this team, this gritty team, so perfectly. But it just couldn't happen. Hey, but Dante's pretty good. Um, Dante's not a bad switch. I mean, I'm sure you didn't. I don't know why you would, and I don't know why I did. But I, I watched Gary Payton's press conference post game. Talking, you know, he hadn't really talked about this injury he's gone through and the surgery and the setbacks that he's mentioned, you know, through this rehab process. And he doesn't sound too confident in where he's at physically. And, like, you know, I, again, as we reconstruct and, and re examine what the Warriors did this offseason, just keep watching that situation because, you know, he, he continued to mention, like, eh, he's just kind of having to play through it. Have, I, I just kind of got to play through this. So it's, you know, of note. He got to hurt a lot while he played with the Warriors. Like he's just, he just gets hurt. He's a great player. He throws himself around a lot. What did he get? Six million a year. From, the big thing was the years. Yeah, yeah he wasn't gonna. They weren't gonna give him three. He years. got six, nine, six five. What nine? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they weren't giving. They weren't giving him that. I think it was three for twenty seven, something like that. Mm. Speaking of uh, durability, um, th- they've won five of these games. Uh, the last three of them have been like knock down, drag them out, give me everything you got. Where do they pay for this, or is this a matter of? Wiggins comes back in time and they can kind of recharge. But even still, like Draymond, Looney, you still need those guys. Uh, do we see the price they pay for this on the coming road trip? Do they they take one of these L's at some point in this in this homestand? I bet they do not go 8-0 on this homestand to answer your question. But what I will say is, like, this is a very fortunate schedule for them. I mean, have you guys even seen what's coming up? It's off day today, which, by the way, they're taking this completely off. They took the weekend, December 31st and January 1st, no practice, completely off. Then they have two days off game, two more days off game, two more days off before the road trip. So at Spurs, at Bulls. I think this was a stretch of four games in 14 days, all four at home. So it's like, yeah, you know, you do play 46 in a double overtime game, but, I mean, then you just, you know, you rest. Like, this is a really nice schedule for their bodies. And I think at some point you say, you know what? For Andrew Wiggins and Seth Curry, when you're back, some of this is going to be on you. Yeah, you're do yeah, some right. Of these yeah. 38, 42-minute games. And, you know, you, it won't burn you out because you've had this, these games. You're obviously coming back from injury, coming back from sickness. But, and, and maybe, you know, 
Kaminga plays a 36-minute game, and maybe you know I'm trying. I'm running out of players in my head who who they could possibly do that with. But like Iguodala, 14 minutes. Like you know they they do have other options. Lamb looks like he could play like 50 minutes a night. <laughs> Lamb, if you could, Lamb Kerr might want to play Lamb for 55 minutes in in some game. They can say other guys can take some. Now Draymond's always going to play 34, 36. But like you don't have to go 38, 40. You know we don't absolutely desperately need you. We, you know what do you get fourth quarter rest? What about a 90 seconds last night? Like like usually it's three minutes, two minutes in order, so he doesn't play the whole quarter. He was coming, and I was thinking like, where's they got to get Draymond back in? They've got to get Draymond back in there, and it was pretty fast. You know that's when they got down eight, I think it was, and he comes right back in, and obviously you feel it when, when Draymond's back in there, but. Yeah, I mean, Draymond would have to take some games off. I think, you know, that would be smart to make sure that he's rested, but not during his home stand. Maybe a couple of those road games. Like, You mean like at Boston, at Cleveland? Not that, not the Boston one, but uh, some some other things. And you you, can, you you lean on Kaminga. You lean on some other guys. Maybe you make that trade like we're talking about. I, I still think they're looking at it. And, you know, that's also like, hey, there's going to be some injuries, other injuries. These aren't the only injuries they're going to have right now. There's going to be other injuries, and they need to stock themselves for that too. Eight and zero on the homestand. I'm going to be the one still saying. I it. said Eight six and, and two, but I'm yeah. feeling like still might be. By the way, still might be. In play. Yeah. Oh no, it could be. I'm not saying for sure. Orlando's going to be a problem. I thought it was possible <laughs> at the start because I'm saying that they're a great home team and they stink on the road. This is the truism of this season. I said it before this homestand. I just think that's what they are. They're just a great home team. That's not a great credit, right? I mean, we've seen some teams do. Utah, you know, did stuff like this, and you lose in the playoffs. Maybe they'll be better on the road in the future. I'm saying right now they're a great home team, and they are they are proving that on this homestand, and they could go 8 now. Reading a quote right now from uh, one of the Toronto reporters, Josh Lewenberg. Nick Nurse asked if Otto Porter Jr. is making any progress in recovery from his foot injury. Quote, he's not. He's not. Again, we're going to keep reexamining this offseason. I don't love some parts of their roster reconstruction with, uh, you know, particularly the, the, you know, the Rollins pick, I think, looks very questionable, that decision. You know, you get off Peyton at that time. You get off Otto Porter Jr. Although, you know, they wanted to bring Otto Porter back on a minimum, but they didn't give him any of the taxpayer mid level. Part of that was, like, availability. You know, I think there was concern about Otto Porter Jr.'s body, and it's playing out in Toronto. Hey, they did a nice job having him through the, you know, he didn't make it through all of the playoffs, but like they got a lot out of Otto Porter, who has had injuries throughout his career, and he was there for them when they really needed it in the finals. So credit their health, you know, their health staff's gotten some criticism over the years, and they've changed it a few times. The way they kept GP2 in there, the way they keep Porter in there, other players, look what's happening to them now. It's just, like, I'm going to credit the Warriors health staff for this, like, this is tricky business. You're never going to get it always right. That's also part of why they want to go younger, right? Like, you can count on younger bodies. You can you can play them more. You can assume they're going to be healthier. Yeah. The health stuff As is James true. Wiseman Wise, exactly, Wiseman, yeah, his ankle yeah, and, and Jonathan Kaminga's in a boot right now. I, I should probably give a quick injury update. Kaminga in a boot, foot swelled up. They're calling it a foot sprain. From what I've gathered, it's like they don't think it's like any long-term type thing. They just need the swelling to kind of go down and treatment it to you know he's probably gonna miss a few games but i don't think it's gonna be anything massive wiseman rolled his ankle you know i could see him missing another game or two but you know he's probably coming back shortly wiggins i'd expect back this week but i expected him back this past week you know they they initially wanted him back on christmas like stuff keeps happening to him and then the jermichael green situation is is really kind of scary you know he gets covid he's so he's stuck in new york for a little while and health and safety protocols and then as he's coming out of health and safety protocols he gets sounds like like a skin infection or something on the surface level of his lower right leg but he's kind of gone through it over the last couple weeks so no sign of him in the near future it sounds like so it's odd like this is an odd string of injuries for them and steph what do you think uh going to be at the end of the road trip or maybe just not make yeah, it? I mean, so their official reevaluation is January 7th. I mean, he's out there, like, really celebrating, like, you know, Yo, throwing his he arms. was in that celebration, like, hey, man, do you, are you not paying attention to your shoulder? Like, he was just in there in the middle of it. 
And, you know, this is if you saw him in Philly and this was the you know, I saw him at shoot around in Philadelphia, which was the day after um, he hurt the, the shoulder or two days, I guess. And he had, you know, arm basically in his sweatshirt where he's like it was almost like he was in a sling not moving it and that night as he's celebrating he's jumping up and celebrating with the right arm and every time he moves the left arm he's like oh you know i can't move it and now we're a few weeks later he's like it looks like he's resting the game basically right like nothing's actually wrong with him physically i'm they're strengthening the shoulder he's out there dribbling at times with his left hand he's getting shots up behind the scenes so i'm not calling a particular date he's been ruled out obviously through at least january 7th we'll see i mean you can be cautious with him now but it's i'd say signs are pointing in a good direction but wasn't isn't the old story MC like whatever they say add about a week right I mean especially with Steph yeah add about a week and so the ring ain't playing with him every win probably adds about a week right now yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and then every Jordan Poole turnover kind of adds a this brings it back three days right <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I, yeah, I bet he, you he'd want to be out there for Damian Lee. You know Damian Lee's return well, he'll probably present I, him the ring yeah he's gonna uh, give him the ring he's gonna give him the ring. I bet you he want to play, but <laughs> I don't think they're gonna let him play. I, 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 oh no, 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 not on, not on this homestand. He's not playing on. This Here's homestand. where I will tell you that I think he's gonna play by. There's a lot at stake on this. Um, January 13th is the Warriors at Spurs. The Spurs are playing that game in the Alamo Dome because they're attempting to break the NBA record for attendance. And of course, they picked the Warriors to do that for a reason. It's the Warriors, so. Uh, can you imagine? <laughs> 70, Apparently, they're people? over 50K. Last yeah, they're I over. Heard. Yeah, that's our 70,000 people show up and no Steph. No Steph. Adam Silver's going to be like, hey, bro, you got to get out there. <laughs> I say, you sold the tickets already. Who cares? Right? Who cares? Oh, that would be a nightmare. Adam Silver wanted him out there on Christmas, too, I'm sure. Yep. yep. That would be a yep. nightmare, though. That's like three. That's like three NBA games. Three NBA crowds into one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a nightmare, but it's mostly a nightmare for the Spurs marketing department, which I don't think Rick Celebrini cares about. I don't think the Spurs are going to get hit for it, though. I think the, the Warriors. I don't are think he's get playing. Hit. I don't think he's playing on that road trip. I, I mean, I maybe just me being over cautious, overestimating, but like, why don't just just have them come back when you know when when they're back home, misses 15, 16 game, whatever it's going to be, and you, you you feel good about it and. I'm not sure they're going to win those road games anyway. I mean, that's a five-game road trip. That's a lot of road games to just one of four. Go one of four, like they went on the last one. They're fine. Come back and win all their home games. This is I'm just banking on these things for the Warriors, and then get yourself ready to win road games when it really matters, which is not right now. Which is in the post. Yeah, I think he, he's going to want to play. When did he go out? That was Indiana. So mm-hmm. that was December 14th. So January January 13th 20th. is like a month. Yeah. Yeah, I say January twenty, whatever that. I'm not even looking at the schedule, so whenever January twentieth is the last road game. Uh, yeah, maybe at, that at one. Cleveland. Or, uh, then, oh no, he's playing in Boston, January nineteenth. Ah, skip Boston. He can't play the twentieth because it's gonna be back to back. I'd say he's gonna skip the whole thing and then be back for for the home games. That's my that's my call. Put him in. Call. Put him in San Antonio. We lost Slater. I think that's a sign that, that, that we are wrapping up. Some sl- uh, MT, take us out of here. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.